0: Hello, my name is Rick Pearson, and this is Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. You know, throughout Scripture, God has used ordinary people to do extraordinary things. But how did these ordinary people achieve such extraordinary tasks? Stay tuned. You're about to find out. Welcome back, folks. In order to understand where we are on God's prophetic time clock, it's imperative that we understand the biblical foundation of the ways God has uniquely intervened with ordinary people in the past. Isaiah 46 says, I'm God and there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. For I've spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Now, according to scripture, nothing has ever come to pass unless God has spoken it first. It's important to know that his purposes and your own personal life are uniquely intertwined. You were born into this generation specifically for such a time as this. And make no mistake about your role within this generation. If God knows even the very hairs of your head are numbered, then He also knows the day you were conceived, the day you were born, and the day you will die. But He's put you here on this earth for a purpose. The question is, do you know what that purpose is? You know, after Moses delivered the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage, the children of Israel were physically free, but according to Scripture, they were not spiritually free free from stinking thinking and hardening of the attitudes. The book of Hebrews gives us warning that could be applied to every person in this generation. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do not know me they do not know my ways so I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest in perhaps the most confusing and darkened generation that our world has ever seen since Sodom and Gomorrah God has a plan for you to enter into his supernatural rest we live in a very confused society but that does not mean that confusion has to live inside of you The Bible shows us a much higher standard to conduct ourselves in order to bring each one of us to that higher dimension of living, a dimension that puts us above the circumstances of our lives instead of under those circumstances. It speaks of a lifestyle that can deliver us out of the manhole and make us a whole man. Its mandates are designed for ordinary people just like you and me. Listen to this.
1: Today, as world events unfold, there are prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled. God's full purpose for the earth and mankind will be completed before the end of time because he has spoken it. Somewhere between Genesis and Revelation stands this generation. Since you and I are part of this generation, It is critical to the fulfillment of our purpose that we find our part in God's unique plan. When you come into agreement with the Word of God, He will reveal His plan to you. God's will for your life always comes into agreement with His Word. God never contradicts Himself. God is consistent in His approach to accomplish those details, and scripture bears out that He is systematic in His approach to execute His purposes on the earth. He often uses a three-step approach to fulfill his plans within a believer's life. He calls, he equips, he manifests. God reveals his plan to the servant he has chosen to fulfill it. He then equips that servant with the necessary tools to achieve the task. God's hand starts moving to accomplish his eternal purpose for that particular servant's calling when the servant acts in obedience. God does not necessarily call the equipped, but instead he equips the called. The mystery is made evident in Paul's writing to the Corinthians. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen ye, that things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. When it comes to being used by God for any purpose, we must remember what God told Samuel in searching for a king. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. In this sense, Many times we miss the voice of God because we judge the messenger, or even ourselves, by the outward appearance, or even by the occupation we have within our society. God uses anyone whose heart is right before him. As America fulfills her purpose in Bible prophecy, it is mandatory that we fulfill our individual purpose in Bible prophecy. That purpose is fulfilled when we walk with God, talk with God, and establish his kingdom's principles within our lives, emulating the life of Christ. But what exactly does it mean that God calls you? How does he equip you? And then, when you obey his voice with the equipment he has given you, how does he manifest his will upon the earth?
0: Welcome back, folks. It's interesting to note that throughout history, God has called people into service from literally every profession imaginable. Just look at these livelihoods that men in the Bible were called from. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, David, and Amos were all shepherds before they were called by God. Elisha was a farmer found plowing in a field when Elijah called him. Isaiah was a priest. Joshua was a soldier. Peter, Andrew, and James, and John were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. Simon was a zealot, otherwise known as a political activist. And of course, Jesus was a carpenter for 30 years before the spirit of the Lord came upon him, anointing him to fulfill his ministry. You know, I once raised a question to the former president of Oral Roberts University, Oral Roberts. And I asked him if a certain vice president of the United States could handle the task of being the president if the current president was somehow incapacitated. And he responded by saying to me, Rick, you never know what a person is capable of achieving until they receive their mantle. So what exactly did he mean? You know, a mantle is when the Spirit of God comes upon a person that sets them apart and empowers them to do a work that can only be achieved through God's divine intervention. According to the theologian F.F. Bosworth, who wrote the classical book, Christ the Healer, he defined the word Jehovah as the eternal one who reveals himself. When God calls a person to do a specific task and that individual acts in obedience to that call, God acknowledges him he shows his approval by manifesting himself particularly through that person. Sometimes that means manifesting hidden wisdom in scripture or accompanying that word with supernatural signs and wonders. Remember, God's plan is to fulfill his word. He will use any means necessary or any person he chooses. He works in unique ways and he may reveal himself simply by a strong presence of his love or dramatic ways like splitting the Red Sea with the breath of his nostrils. Whatever is needed for the task at hand, our God is able to achieve it. Now, sometimes God will do whatever is needed to get someone's attention to fulfill his will. God does not work independently on this earth, however. He does not move his hand in history without someone coming into agreement with him. God always uses a man or a woman willing to act upon His word to affect His will on this planet. That is why, when it comes to fulfilling your purpose and God's plan for your life, you must remember without God, you cannot, but without you, He will not. But how will God fulfill His kingdom protocol in our generation? How will prophecies yet to be fulfilled? come to pass. Are you willing to be used? And if so, how will he equip you for that task? We must look at how he worked in the past to determine how he might work in the future. We'll be right back after this message.
1: History records that the greatest exodus in the Bible was led by Moses. But according to scripture, another exodus is coming. It's bigger, better, and is beyond any other mystery that is contained in scripture. But how does the United States of America play a pivotal role in this unfolding mystery? Prophecy USA is proud to present the latest book by Rick Pearson, The Coming Exodus Unveiling America's Future. This exciting and timely new book is coming soon. And now, when you send a gift of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling, you will receive the book, The Coming Exodus Unveiling America's Future, as soon as it's available. Call today, 1-888-306-1759, or visit prophecyusa.org to be one of the first this October to unravel one of the greatest mysteries in scripture.
0: Welcome back folks. We've been talking about the three-step approach of God, how God calls, He equips, and then He manifests His will in the earth. We've also learned that God always uses mankind to work through. Why is that? Because when God created Adam, He gave Adam the eternal mandate of purpose in everything that he was supposed to do and all of his offspring. Genesis 1:26 says, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over every creeping thing. Now that word dominion literally means God gave man power and authority over all the earth. God literally gave his ultimate stewardship of the planet over to man. Man was to walk and speak in God's ways, and through those ways, we were to govern the earth. However, something happened in the garden scheme. Satan convinced man to follow his own plans, and the anointing or the unction to function, to carry out God's plan, utterly failed within the stewardship relationship that man had with God. It was only through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection from the grave that mankind, through repentance, found their way back to God and established that spiritual connection that will literally last for an eternity. However, many times in the Old Testament, prophets were instructed by God to utilize symbols in carrying out their verbal announcement from the Father. Now, these acts were signs and wonders given to the prophets by God in order to get the message across to the people. A dramatic display would emphasize the power of God, showing him as the source of the word that was coming forth. For example, in 750 BC, the Isaiah was instructed to loose the sackcloth from from off thy loins. He was to walk naked and barefoot for three years wearing only a loincloth. Isaiah literally made a spectacle of himself, drawing attention to the prophetic sign of the fall of Egypt and Ethiopia to the nation of Syria. Do you think if you were living in that day, you would have listened to this crazy prophet who wore only a loincloth around his waist? You know, as we know, the Egyptians and the Ethiopians ended up fulfilling exactly what Isaiah prophesied. Apparently, God could not get their attention even speaking through a half-naked man with a prophetic voice. So shall the king of Assyria be led away, the Egyptian prisoners and the Ethiopians captive, even with their buttocks uncovered, to the shame of Egypt. That's exactly what Isaiah prophesied. Could such a thing as this happen here in a covenant nation like America? Could the millions who proudly parade down our streets, boldly proclaiming America's new moral protocol be suddenly ended? Could the protests demanding the shedding of innocent blood be abruptly halted? According to Scripture, that's exactly what's going to happen. In fact, it's only going to take one hour. So if judgment is going to fall on America, Will God warn us? Would he show us the 53 biblical descriptions of Babylon the Great and how America has fulfilled every description? What would it take for us to hear that still small voice of God calling us back to repentance? You know, after, almost 100 years after Isaiah, Jeremiah was told to take a fine linen garment or a girdle and bury it. He was then to dig it up after several days and use it as a sign to Israel that her sins had made her filthy in the eyes of the Lord. This evil people which refused to hear my words shall be even as this girdle which is good for nothing. You know, these strange signs and wonders were used as a personal illustration to get the attention of the people. When they saw the sign, they wondered. The sign was given to cause them to stop and think about what they were seeing. Working through the obedience and personal humility of a prophet, God will always deliver his sure word of prophecy to every generation. But why is that? It's because in every generation there has always been a remnant of believers who are walking in covenant with Him, and it is to those few chosen people that God will never forsake. As He promised us in Scripture, surely the Lord will do nothing except He reveal it unto His servants, the prophets. So, how did He work in the past, and how will God work in the future? History tells us if the sin was great, God did not just send signs. Sometimes, He sent His servants with power from on high, and that is exactly what we at Prophecy USA are praying for God to send to this great nation that we call the United States of America. We are praying for a divine movement of God's hand to warn people of what His Word has already said is going to come to pass in America. Stay tuned, folks. You don't want to miss this next segment. Hello, folks. Karen and I would like to personally thank you, our prayer partners. And our monthly supporters. Who are helping us spread God's word concerning America's role in Bible prophecy. In order to help you reach friends and other loved ones with this teaching, please listen to this very special message
1: in these end times it is more important than ever to reach the lost that's why rick and karen pearson have assembled all of their teaching into this powerful study kit for a gift of just 200 plus shipping and handling prophecy usa will send you a free study kit of five books five study guides and a dvd teaching aid discussing each chapter or for a gift of just 375 dollars plus shipping and handling you will receive a free study kit of 10 books 10 study guides, and two DVD teaching aids. Call today at 1-888-306-1759. Or visit us online at prophecyusa.org to send your gift and begin sharing these important prophetic teachings.
0: Welcome back, folks. You know, we've learned so far that God has used signs in the past to get people's attention but that's not all he uses. When it comes to fulfilling global prophecy, he will very often send his messengers with power from on high. And when that happens, he equips those vessels with his three-step approach. He calls them, he equips them, and when they move in their faith, he manifests his presence. In 1449 B.C., God audibly called Moses from a burning bush and revealed his plan to free the children of Israel from their Egyptian slave masters. He then equipped Moses and told him to use his shepherd's rod. God gave Moses a sign. The shepherd's staff was a symbol of Egypt's most despised occupation. God made sure that Moses was operating from a point of humility so that he would not take credit for the miraculous workings of God. The staff was also a point of contact for Moses to release his faith to God with. It put Moses in a preferred position to release God's power, but it also kept him in a state of humility. James 4 says, God resists the proud but gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Humility will act as a buffer to help God's servant from becoming proud and touching God's glory when his power is released. You know, Moses was given instructions, and when he obeyed, God stretched forth his hand. Moses' will had to be in agreement with God's word, right from the first manifestation of the rod turning into a snake through the parting of the Red Sea. God's power was miraculously revealed through Moses' humble obedience. Forty years after Moses, God called Joshua. First, God spoke to Joshua and gave him his divine plan for the children of Israel. He made some promises to Joshua as he had done for Moses. God wanted the children of Israel to recognize that Joshua was moving according to the divine plans and commandments of God's will. Now, how did he equip them? On one occasion, God instructed Joshua to use the Ark of the Covenant as a sign or a symbol of God's presence. The Ark would be used just as Moses' rod had been. It would be the point of contact through which their faith would be released. We read in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So just as flipping a switch activates electricity, so it is with our faith. Faith released through a point of contact activates God's power to fulfill his purpose on this earth. Now, when Joshua commissioned the priest to carry the ark into the Jordan River, as God had instructed him, the miracle occurred. God manifested his presence. As soon as the priest's feet touched the water, the waters backed up just like they did for Moses at the Red Sea. And the Israelites were able to supernaturally walk across the Jordan as the natural flow of water stopped. At that point, it says that the people feared Joshua as they feared Moses, for they knew that God was with him. Now, 400 years after Joshua, another hero of the faith appeared. Samson was called before he was born. An angel appeared to his mother and told her that her son would be used to deliver God's people. Samson was to be equipped with long hair and a lifestyle of the Nazarite vow. His hair was to be woven into seven locks, which symbolizes the seven spirits of God. The Nazarite vow would keep Samson from drinking strong drink or eating any unclean thing. Samson operated under God's spirit of strength and might. By using the jawbone of an ass, he supernaturally destroyed 1,000 Philistine soldiers who were coming against God's people. But even after a gross moral failure with Delilah, God used Samson to judge Israel's enemies. He'd repented, and God used him to fulfill his purpose. And on that day, the last miracle Samson did, he single-handedly killed 3,000 Philistines by pulling down the temple pillars of the heathen god Dagon. So what exactly do these men all have in common with us today? Every one of them was called to stand in the gap and fight within their nations to fight on God's behalf and allow the kingdom of God to rule and reign in their land so God's dominion could bring peace, prosperity, and blessing to his people. These were just ordinary men who received their callings and came out from their day-to-day activities to strike a blow for deliverance and take dominion. You know, recently at Bradenton Christian Retreat, I was one of several speakers, and I had my picture taken with best-selling author Jonathan Kahn. And a friend of mine saw the photo on Facebook, and, and, which I'd posted, and he laughingly posted, you look like the movie characters, Men in Black, because we were both dressed in black. And I responded and said, I'd rather be called secret agents of the Most High God. Well, you know what? Anyone who has a relationship with Jesus Christ is called to be a secret agent of the Most High God. Wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you study, God has placed you there just like he places missionaries all over the world. God has called you and he's equipped you with weapons of warfare that this world knows not of. You have words of wisdom. Knowledge, kindness, forgiveness that He has already placed in your mouth. Some of you have the ability to look past a person's fault and discern the needs that created those faults. So I want to encourage you to use the gifts that God has placed in your hands. Perhaps it's finances to feed a street person, support a ministry, support a student, build an orphanage. Perhaps it's knowledge on where we are on God's prophetic time clock. Perhaps you have a doctorate degree or a teaching diploma or skills in mechanics or carpentry. Whatever God has equipped you with, remember, when you use your gift to release your faith in obedience, that is the only thing that will manifest God's presence in your life. He has called you. He has equipped you. And his highest desire is to manifest his presence in your life to not only bless you, but to strike a blow of deliverance for those he sends you to. Without God, you cannot. But without you, he will not. And all through scripture, God has used ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He moved through Abraham's ram, Isaac's wells, Jacob's scepter, Moses' rod, Gideon's fleece, Samuel's horn of oil, David's slingshot, Hezekiah's sundial, Amos' burden, and Malachi's son of righteousness. In the New Testament, he was the healing presence in Peter's shadow, in Stephen's signs and wonders, in Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons, and he even opened the eyes of the blind with a simple piece of mud in the hand of Jesus. Your covenant with God is just as active as when he spoke it to his very first prophet Abraham. And he's called you and he's equipped you. And his ultimate desire is that he will manifest his presence through you. He's promised you that I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. So don't be afraid to take whatever weapon of warfare God's placed in your hands and let God use you to strike a blow for his deliverance in other people's lives folks, we're out of time. My name is Rick Pearson and this is Prophecy USA. And I'm reminding you that Jesus Christ is alive and he's coming back much sooner than many people think. See you next week on Prophecy USA.
1: Shalom.